Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. Red River coverage, one of the biggest weeks of the year and one of the biggest games in college football. The Texas Longhorns face off against the Oklahoma Sooners on Saturday in the Red River Showdown in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. And on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we have to answer a question that was posed to us on Saturday in the FS1 postgame show when Texas beat West Virginia 38-20. Now, some of y'all may not have even heard the question, so here it is. Chris, I can't remember his last name, asked, who should be the starting quarterback on Saturday for the Texas Longhorns against the Oklahoma Sooners in the Red River Shootout? Quinn Ewers or Hudson Carr? Now, most of y'all listening or watching this on YouTube probably said, what kind of, you know, what the hell kind of question is that? Quinn Ewers? <laughs> That's your answer. Next question. See you on Saturday. And I thought the same thing when I first heard it. But with respect to Chris, I thought about it. And you can make a compelling argument as to why Quinn Ewers should be the quarterback on Saturday. But also, you can make a compelling argument as to why Hudson Card should be the quarterback on Saturday. So, although I think that Quinn Ewers should start and will start, for the sake of content purposes on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we're going to make the argument for both quarterbacks as to why they should start on Saturday. And then Josh Neighbors from Locked on Big 12 is back. He's been traveling all around the country being the superstar that he is, but he's back to do his weekly Big 12 roundup, a lot of great conference games on Saturday in the Big 12, the conference that can't count 12, the Big 12 with 10 teams. And he's here to talk about those big matchups that happen on Saturday. But now we got to get to the arguments on why each quarterback can start. And we're going to start with the mullet, Quinn Ewers. You could talk about tangibles. You could talk about intangibles. You could talk about statistics. You could talk about narratives. You could talk about analytics. You could talk about manalytics. Or you can really just make this as simple as I'm about to make it for you. Quinn Ewers is objectively a better quarterback than Hudson Card. And that is no disrespect to Hudson Card, who is filled in very nicely and I think is a very good college quarterback. The problem is, is I think that's Hudson Card's ceiling, a very good college quarterback. I think Quinn Ewers is a NFL talent. I think he is, has a generational arm, and I think he has generational type arm talent. And as you'll hear on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Longhorns, a little teaser, a little preview, Mike Huseman, my transfer portal expert, is on the show. And you'll hear him say, Quinn Ewers can do things with his right arm as a freshman in college that players in the NFL today cannot do with their right or left arms, respectively. Quinn Ewers is special. And what makes him special, what makes him dynamic, <laughs> you know, what is the reason that people have compared him to Patrick Mahomes is once again that elite generational arm talent. His footwork does not have to be perfect for Quinn Ewers to put the ball exactly where he wants to put it. His mechanics do not have to be perfect for Quinn Ewers to put the ball exactly where he wants to put it. Whether he is off platform, under pressure, or throwing from a non-traditional arm angle, he can do all of that and still put the ball exactly where he wants to put it because he has generational and elite arm talent. Once again, I think the ceiling for Hudson Card is really good college quarterback. I think Quinn Ewers right now already, although a short sample size, is a great college quarterback on the verge of being elite. And I think he has the talent easily to play on Sundays and be really good in the right situation in the National Football League. A quarterback with the type of arm talent 
that Quinn Ewers has is the type of playmaker, that's Sark's word, not mine, is the type of playmaker that can open up Sark's entire offense because we know Sark, as one of the best offensive minds in college football, wants to attack the wants to attack the defense at all areas of the field, horizontally and vertically. And I think Quinn Ewers gives Sark and this offense a better chance to attack all areas of the field, once again, horizontally and vertically, than Hudson Carr does consistently. We saw that first quarter in the Alabama game playing against defenders that are going to play on Sundays on that defensive line and at the cornerback position. And Quinn Ewers came out and had 140 passing yards in less than a full first quarter because he was able to attack all areas of the field, whether it was the intermediate on the sidelines on, uh, you know, that crossing route to Jordan Whittington that he threw with great anticipation. Uh, the last deep ball that he threw to Xavier Worthy, which he completed uh, for 45 yards right before he went out uh, with the injury. The long touchdown pass that Xavier Worthy dropped uh, on the deep ball. Quinn Ewers is just better at attacking all areas of the field in Sark's system than Hudson Card is, which allows you to run more plays, but also be able to execute more plays with Quinn Ewers at quarterback than Hudson Card. We saw Hudson Card in the game against West Virginia have the best game of his career, and we saw him uh, make some plays down the field. You know, he had the F.A. Xavier Worthy down there somewhere play that should have been intercepted, but give credit to Hudson Card and Xavier Worthy, it wasn't. And it shows up as a touchdown in the box score. He had two more deep passes. Although the receivers were wide open, he still made the passes for touchdowns to J.T. Sanders and Xavier Worthy. And then he had a deep pass to Xavier Worthy that was caught. It was not a touchdown, but it might have been uh, his best throw of the day because Xavier Worthy was not wide open. But we also saw on another play where Xavier Worthy was wide open, Hudson Card overthrew him by five yards. Once again, I think that, you know, Quinn Ewers is just better at the, you know, intermediate to deep game, and he's going to hit those chances that Sark draws up more often than not, and especially uh, more often, you know, than Hudson Card will. And I think when you talk about, you know, how – B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson haven't been able to get going in the run game. I think 90% of that is just the offensive line hasn't been great at run blocking. But teams have defended Texas a little bit differently with Hudson Card in the game than Quinn Ewers in the game. When you've seen teams with Hudson Card in the game, they've pretty much exclusively stacked the box and said, we're not going to let B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson beat us. Now, I think if Quinn Ewers was in the game, that'd still be a good strategy because B. John Robinson is the best running back in the country and Roshan Johnson is the best backup running back in the country. But they'll have a little bit more room to operate. This is, this is the 10% <laughs> with Quinn Ewers at quarterback because with Quinn Ewers at quarterback, you have to respect his ability to once again stretch the field in all areas, vertically and horizontally. People always make fun of me because I repeat my phrases and they say take a shot every time he says this. So every time you hear horizontally or vertically, I'm not going to tell you to take a shot, but, you know, do something, do some push-ups or something. But it's just true, <laughs> right? And, and defenses know that. And I've seen a big difference on how they've played our receivers, especially Xavier Worthy, uh, when Hudson Card is in the game and, and, and when uh, Quinn Ewers is in the game. They play off. They they respect the pass. They respect the deep pass a little bit more, and that only gives B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson more room to work, <laughs> right? And, and it's going to lead to more holes for them in the run game, although with the lack of holes they've had thus far, they've still been able to dominate because they're just great players. And then when I think when you talk about the intricacies of the position, whether it be 
uh, between Hudson Card or Quinn Ewers. I think Quinn Ewers is just a little bit better at the intricacies of the position. Now, Hudson Card has gotten a lot better. One thing I noticed in the West Virginia game is we didn't see the deer in headlights look as much. When the pressure came, instead of folding or succumbing to the pressure, he would step up in the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, and make plays downfield to his receivers. But that's something that Quinn Ewers does naturally. I think that Hudson Card has gotten better at his timing, right? I, a lot of times with his timing and anticipation, he has to see it, believe it, you know, make sure it's open and then throw the ball. Quinn Ewers understands timing and anticipation. He's going to throw the ball on time, sometimes before he even sees it and gives his receivers a, a, a chance to make plays on the ball. Anticipation, right? He's going to throw that ball before the receiver gets out of his break or as soon as he gets the ball, uh, as soon as the receiver gets out of his break to make sure that the ball is on him uh, to make a play as soon as he comes out of his break and catches the ball. Hudson Card is just not there yet. And that's no disrespect to him because Quinn Ewers is an elite at those things. But when you're talking about them being on the best roster and who gives you the best chance to win short term and long term, I think it's Quinn Ewers because he's better at those intricacies of the position, like deal in the pocket, um, you know, dealing with pressure, timing, anticipation and ball placement. He's just a little bit more advanced at those things. Plus, he gives you a little bit more space in the run game because how he changes the numbers on defense, especially in the box for B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. And then once again, he just has elite arm talent that opens up everything in Sark's system all over the field. A quick word from Simply Safe, and then I'm going to make the argument for why Hudson Card should be the starter on Saturday against the Oklahoma Sooners. And then once again, our Big 12 roundup at the end of the episode. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 seven professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24 seven professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Yes, you heard that right. Get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So now I'm going to make the case as to why Hudson Card should start on Saturday. And once again, I'll say this before y'all get on me. I think Hudson, I mean, I think Quinn Ewers should get the start. And I think Quinn Ewers will get the start. But for content purposes, I'm going to make the argument as to why Hudson Card should be the starter on Saturday. The first thing is he's coming off the best game of his career. And I want to say this because I know a lot of Longhorn fans or Cowboys fans, and a lot of y'all are going to say I'm crazy for even making the argument that Hudson Card should be the starter on Saturday. Once again, this is just for content. I've stated multiple times I think Quinn Ewers should be. But some of y'all that think I'm crazy for saying Hudson Card should be the starter on Saturday are the same people that are walking around saying Cooper Rush should get the start over Dak Prescott. But that's for another podcast. Make sure y'all go check out Locked On Cowboys if y'all want to hear about the fake quarterback controversy in Dallas. Hudson Card is coming off of the best game of his career, and we've seen incremental improvement each week. I've talked about how not only has he gotten better at throwing the ball downfield and actually completing it, because we've seen him throw the ball down the field a lot. 
problem is it just didn't end up in the receiver's hands too much last year and earlier in the season. But against West Virginia, those deep passes ended up in the receiver's hands, right? And they scored 38 points. Hudson Card has, I'll take, you know, seven points away from uh, the UTSA game because they had a pick six. But he scored, what, 34 points against UTSA, 34 points against uh, Texas Tech, and then 38 points against West Virginia. So the offense still has been explosive, and he's improved. Like I said, he's improved, uh, you know, throwing the ball down the field. He's improved under pressure, right? The deer in headlights looks is gone. He was moving up in the pocket, getting the ball to his receivers downfield. He improved on his timing. I thought he was way more decisive than he has been in previous games and last year. A lot of times when he would stare receivers down and throw the ball too late, he was a little more decisive uh, on Saturday against West Virginia and got the ball out of his hands. He was a little bit better on those anticipation throws, right? Knowing where their receiver should be and putting the ball there before the defender has a chance uh, to make the play on the ball. And then I thought he just had command of the offense, right? He looked like he was in command of the offense on Saturday, right? The type of command we heard that he had uh, coming out of the, the offseason camp reports, <laughs> right? And why he was supposed to be the starter for a day before Quinn Ewers was ultimately named the starter. So I think he's coming off of the best game of his career. He's shown incremental improvement each week. And I'm not sure that Quinn Ewers is going to be 100% healthy next week. He's probably going to be rusty. Right. He still hasn't played a full college game and he's probably still going to be in pain. And so if Hudson Card has gotten better each week, his command of the offense has gotten better each week. He's gotten better at the little things that make quarterbacks great each week. And he's gotten the ball to his playmakers and led an offense that has scored no less than 34 points on the offensive side of the ball. Then I think he does give you a good chance to win on Saturday. And the next reason for that is offense is about rhythm and timing. And you'd be a fool, even though we know Quinn Ewers is a better quarterback than Hudson Carr, to say right now at this moment, Quinn Ewers has better timing and rhythm with his receivers and offensive playmakers than Hudson Carr does. I think defense is about effort, you know, and being where you're supposed to be. But I think offense is about timing and rhythm. And as I mentioned, this offense has scored no less than 34 points with Hudson Carr at the helm. This offense right now has great timing and is in rhythm. And I think it'll only continue to get better. You know, we talk all the time about what Hudson Carr may have looked like if Sark would have stuck with him after the Arkansas game. I don't think you go five and seven because I think, you know, Hudson Carr continues to grow and develop each week. And maybe that offense becomes even more explosive than it was last year. But right now, Hudson Carr has great timing and chemistry um, and he's in a great rhythm with our offensive playmakers. And this offense is starting to hit on all cylinders. At first, you know, we talked about the play calling and maybe said the play calling wasn't all the way there. And Sark said, you know, the play calling could be better, but, but it's about execution. And there were some plays that Hudson Carr was leaving on the field. And even though he still left a few plays on the field against West Virginia, he scored 38 points. And once again, I'm seeing improvement each week. He's coming off of the best game of his career. And there's no doubt, especially with the way Oklahoma looks in the secondary, that Sark could put him in the position to dominate that Oklahoma secondary on Saturday, especially with the weapons he has around him, namely in B. John Robinson, J.T. Sanders, and Xavier Worthy at the wide receiver position. And then the last thing is we talked about how West Virginia was a must-win game, but I think Oklahoma is a must-win game, period. Not only because – 
you know, I don't think a team can afford to have more than two conference losses and make the Big 12 championship game. And you don't want to lose this game to Oklahoma and then have to go six and oh right, against some really tough teams um, in Kansas, Kansas State and Oklahoma State who are all on the road. And then Baylor, who, you know, doesn't look like the Baylor from last year, but it still uh, has some playmakers and is a really good coach team. This is the biggest game of the year, especially if you didn't have national championship aspirations. I can see the Alabama game meaning a little bit more. But Oklahoma, at worst, is the second biggest game on your schedule every year. And it's a must-win game, just like West Virginia was, in my opinion, for the Longhorns. And once again, like I said, I do not know if Quinn Ewers is 100% healthy. I imagine he's still going to be in some pain out there. And I imagine he's going to be a little rusty. Now, he was rusty uh, you know, after not playing any real football since 2020. And he played well against ULM and looked dominant in one quarter against Alabama. So maybe it won't mean much. But I don't think that you can afford to not put your best option out there at quarterback. And for Sark, he's going to have to decide if his best option is the best playmaker who gives him the chance to make the most plays and stretch the defense, once again, horizontally and vertically all over the field. Or is his best option the quarterback who has scored no less than 34 points in the last game with this offense, has timing and has rhythm and has gotten better each week? Will it be Hudson Card or Quinn Ewers? I think it'll be Quinn Ewers, but Hudson Card has made a strong case as to why he potentially could get the start on Saturday for the Longhorns as well. A quick word from Built Bar, and then we're going to get into our Big 12 roundup. I have to say for the last time, do not attack me in the comments. I think Quinn Ewers will start and he should get the start. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, ready, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Dish the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. It's time for our Big 12 Roundup with our Locked On Big 12 host, Josh Neighbors. And Josh, we're going to start with Oklahoma, who has started off 0-2 in conference play in the Brent Venables era. They lost to Kansas State, and then they got the doors blown off of them 55-24 to by the undefeated TCU Horn Frogs. So what did you see from both of those teams this weekend? Yeah, um, I think I think a lot of people's reaction is to go straight to Oklahoma. And I think, I mean, rightfully for Texas fans, number one, it's like your biggest rival. Number two, you're going to the SEC with them. Number three, you play them next week. So that's kind of where your mind goes with that. But look, let's start with TCU. Like they, what's interesting about their offense is it feels like they exclusively hit explosive plays. Like, that's kind of how their offense works. They ran the ball for 15 yards a carry in the first half. I know that Max Duggan had a big touchdown run in there, but still, even if you take that out, they, they, it was still like a really efficient rushing attack. I mean, they they beat the brakes off Oklahoma in a pretty unfamiliar way, at least in conference play. I, I cannot think of a time where an OU team got beat that badly. I think physically, the beating they took from Baylor was pretty comprehensive last year but the score wasn't like that. I mean, this reminds you of like a playoff game, like one of the playoff games they've gotten blown out. And this, it was, it was that 
it was that crazy. Um, I, I think this Oklahoma team is not as good as I expect them to be. Uh, and I think a lot of, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I cannot tell you what's wrong. Like they looked really sharp in a lot of the technical areas against Nebraska on defense outside of that first drive. And Nebraska's offense isn't horrible. And the team's not very good, but at Nebraska offense isn't horrible. They didn't tackle. They didn't cover. I mean, they didn't run fit. Like they didn't do anything correct in that game on defense. And the offense is a big struggle. And I, I think TCU is a lot of guys back from what was a bad defense last year. They played a lot better. Uh, they didn't play great against SMU, but they played really well in that game. And Max Duggan has played a ton of football. He's, he's making, he's in like the thirties or forties now on career starts. So you got to credit the kid who lost the job. The kid lost starting quarterback job. Chandler Morris goes down and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the conference and playing better than anybody in the country right now. Sonny Dykes, Sonny Dykes. They deserve a lot of credit for what's going on there right now. Kansas State and Texas Tech, Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn combined for 341 yards rushing uh, to take down the Red Raiders uh, in Texas Tech. So uh, what did you see in that game between Kansas State and Texas Tech? Yeah, it played out kind of how I thought. Like this was a game where um, Kansas State went ahead by 13 and Tech comes all the way back and gets it close. In the fourth quarter, it was a tie game. Then Kansas State was able to stretch it out. And Kansas State, like, we always think about them as a slow plotting offense. They're another team where it's basically explosive plays. They had two separate two-play drives. Um, they – and that's the one big problem for them. That Let's see how big of a problem it, it is for them. But they have to figure out a way to, like, sustain offense every in each, in each game. Luckily for them, like, they, they were able to do it against uh, Oklahoma. They were not able to do it in this game, although – the fact that they've got those two guys in the backfield, it just, it's not fair. Like, it's really not fair to have those two guys. And Martinez is a big, explosive runner who can hurt you from short yardage, long yardage. Deuce is just about as consistent as you get as a guy in the backfield. And you combine that together, and it's almost like, you, you know, I mean, the, 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 you got to pick one, basically. It, it kind of is a pick-your-poison situation on some of that, on the option stuff that they do. Um Martinez, as long as they keep that passing offense functional, th they're probably going to be one of the two or three hardest teams to beat in this conference. Uh, and and that's the thing is like, I'm not even saying they have to be good at passing. Like if they keep it functional, which means like it's okay, it's average, you can pick up a first down on third and six, whatever. They're they're going to be one of the hardest teams to beat. Their defense forces turnovers, generally a pretty strong defense as well. They got playmakers at all three levels. Um that Tulane game is a bad loss. Probably the wake-up call they needed, though, because you look at the results the last two weeks, pretty, two pretty good wins for them, and, and they needed – and it was always going to depend on how well Martinez played. He's picked it up, and they've kind of gone off from there. You might be the biggest Spencer Sanders fan outside of Stillwater, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State picked up a, a win against Baylor in the Big 12 championship game rematch. Oklahoma State making a strong case for the best team in the conference, although Kansas might have something to say about that. So what did you see from Oklahoma State on Saturday? Yeah, they were um, – I thought it was a really the, – the headspace they were in, it just seemed like they were the, they were the aggressive team. They were looking to take it. Now it got a little, it got a little dicey because they went up, I think 20, 23 to three. And then they are, I forgot what it was, but they ended up kicking field goal and they should not have kicked the field goal. And then Baylor scored 
and there was interception. And so things got tight, but their defense stood up when they had to. Their offense made enough plays and and got, you know, really it came down to some key drives and getting scores when you need to and making stops when you need to. Like th- there wasn't a whole lot to me, at least, that was super complicated about what happened in this game other than Oklahoma State made the plays as a leading team you have to make to make sure it doesn't get into, to, you know, bonkers territory and we're, we're, we're on, on, the, on the ropes. Uh, and I think that starts with their quarterback. I think the fact their quarterback's a smart, level-headed player who's a good – now, a, you know, it's weird to think now, really good playmaker. Um, and this felt like more of actually Spencer Sanders, like not only the game manager, but like he managed the game well, I thought. He made the plays when he had to. He was, he was awesome on the ground. He had a couple really big, important pickups to keep drives going, to give drives a spurt of energy they needed. So I was really impressed by that. And, and on the other side, Baylor is – look, Baylor had a lot of preseason expectations. I tweeted this out yesterday. They lost they, they lost their two running backs who are both on, on NFL teams now, Abram Smith. I'm not sure if he's playing, but Treston Ebner is on the Bears. Uh, they lost Jalen Petrie. I'm not sure if we saw – anybody saw last week at the Texans. Uh, you know, a guy had two interceptions and I think he had a forced fumble or a sack or something like that. And then, um, you know, uh, Terrell Bernard, who was awesome. They lost uh, everybody in their secondary with Woods and Tejada. Add Petrie to that mix as well. And they switched quarterbacks too and, and receiver uh, as well. And they switched quarterbacks. Like this this was probably going to take a little more time. And I think the expectations preseason were like, Dave Aranda's got, got him rolling. Who cares about the new skill position players? Nah, man, stuff matters. And they're just not there yet, which to me is okay. Like that's, that's like I don't, I didn't think they would be there at this point. So I think it's okay. I think Oklahoma State though, it's a great win. It's an excellent win for them. Definitely a great win. Uh, your Kansas Jayhawks, their explosive offense was shut out three out of the four quarters, but somehow they still pulled off a win uh, against Matt Campbell and Iowa State. They had a chance to tie it at the end. One of the worst missed field goals you'll ever yeah. see. Talk to us about your Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, you know, I mean how. Like, do we fault college kickers at this point, right? I I know Auburn missed one too. Uh, what's his name? The kicker for uh, Bird Auburn. Bird Auburn, yeah. I don't mean actually yeah. Auburn Tigers, but they they did miss some last week. But um, Auburn missed that bad one against Alabama that you and I talked about. Yeah, Will Anderson got a hand on it. I did I did oh, go yeah, back yeah, and see yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. Will Will Anderson did get a hand on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair, yeah. Uh, but even even though that happens sometimes, you can actually see some some of those guys make some of those. But whatever. Special teams really is the point here, right? We see muff punts. We see kickers missing bad kicks. Like, I almost just want to throw that stuff out because it happens basically to everybody now. Um, This game was weird, too, because Iowa State got within three, Jonathan, because they had a two-point conversion go wrong that they – excuse me, an extra point that went wrong that turned into a two-point conversion. So it allowed them to kick the field goal to make it a three-point game. And that's what made this thing, like, really, really close – and a lot more difficult to manage. And that Kansas defense, they were making plays all day long. And, and they're a playmaking defense. They're kind of an old-school Big 12 defense. And it's like, all right, we might give it up, but we're going to force some turnovers. We got for the quarterback. We're going to get some interceptions. We saw that pick six they had against West Virginia. Um, but, I mean, this is a group, man. And that Phelps kid, they got Lonnie Phelps. That kid's a problem off the edge. I can't remember the last time that we've seen a Kansas defense have playmakers like Jacoby Bryant, like uh, uh, Kenny Logan, like Lonnie Phelps. Like that's not something we can say about Kansas's defense. Overall, they might not be good, but yesterday they needed them against which is a, a struggling to find their identity Iowa State offense, and they came up big and like winning ugly, winning high scoring, 
you know, they, they've won games at this point. Jonathan have been like, uh, I forgot the final score of that West Virginia game was, but it was a super shootout. And then you have a game like this week that was a 14-11 game. By hook or by crook, in a variety of ways, Kansas is 5-0. They're getting college game for next week. And I think it's just – that's like – it's just so freaking exciting. For the first time ever, the biggest ever. game in, in your favorite conference is this weekend, the Red River Shootout, Texas and Oklahoma. Mm. What are you looking forward to seeing in this game, Josh? I've, I've got no clue. These games are always nutty, too. I mean – I, I love the fact that, and I, I told you this before, again, I, I haven't seen much of the Texas game. I'm, I'm a Missouri, Missouri graduate, and Mizzou somehow put a scare into Georgia last night, so that actually had all my attention. Um, I like the, the the fact that Texas just put their foot, they stomped, they stomped West Virginia's ass, man. From the word go, it looks like they beat their ass. And that's you got to like that, right? Because this was a massive game, and West Virginia was playing pretty well. Uh, and they go ahead and they go 3-2, and two and – it's all about that consistency, right? Like, it's all about that because we saw them in the second half of that UTSA game turn on the Jets and win. We saw them in the second half of the game last week against Texas Tech. That didn't happen. We saw them last week, and they kept that pressure up the entire uh, in, the, in the game yesterday. Looks like they kept the pressure up, right? So this is a game last year. Remember, there was a 28-3 they were winning last year against OU? Was, it, was, yeah. that, was that? I mean – this is a wounded animal in Oklahoma that desperately needs to play well. And I've got no clues going to be the quarterback. That was a vicious hit that Dylan Gabriel hit. That was Dirty an awful hit. hit that should be a suspension for at least one extra game, I think, with that kind of hit. Um, Oklahoma's the one that's got to answer all the questions here. And Texas needs to put that pressure on. Whether it's Card, whether it's Ewers, I want to see that play calling that we saw against Alabama. I want to see them be aggressive. I want to see them take shots. I want to see them do all that stuff. And you and I talked about it a bunch. Use that variety on offense to – because, I mean, it looks like right now that OU can be attacked up front uh, running the football, but it looks like they can be attacked all over the field too. So, I, you know, they, they did not cover very well against DC yesterday. So I want to, I want to see it all. I want, to, I want to see that offensive performance from last night against Oklahoma next week from Texas. And I think – I mean, who the hell knows what's going to happen in this game, but you got to favor the Longhorns right now and what's a really – it's a really intriguing Texas OU game for like a lot of different reasons that we thought coming into the season. Yeah, speaking of Oklahoma not covering, this smart guy took Oklahoma minus five and a half. Yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that went out the window really quickly. I also, y'all may be a little confused when you keep hearing Josh Neighbors say yesterday, this segment is being recorded on Sunday, but y'all uh, might not hear it until Tuesday. So there's the confusion. Josh, let them know where they can hear you uh, and find all of your great work. I've yeah, always, you know, Big maintained 12. you're my favorite locked on big host. You know, my favorite locked on host. You know what I'm saying? So. I appreciate that. Locked on Big 12 is on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and download and do all those fun things. Find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show at LO Big 12. And I always appreciate your time, Jonathan. Yes, sir. Our weekly uh, Big 12 roundup. Hook them and peace. <laughs>